All right. Well, here we are. This is the first episode of, well, what? We don't really know yet. Maybe we will know by the time you are listening to this, if anyone is listening to this, or maybe I'm just screaming into the void. Who knows? Uh, but uh, my name is uh, Kellum, and this is my friend Thomas. Hello. And we are going to be going through a few television shows and, and films books maybe who knows that i i personally don't really watch a lot of television or movies anymore my my most recent touchstones are probably from the early 2010s um and thomas watches far more than i do so we'll be kind of taking turns walking through shows beginning with a show that thomas has brought to my attention for me to watch called invincible and i'm sure that we're very late to the party on this one already. Uh, given by the the the, the Twitter sphere that I have noticed uh, surrounding it, um, but uh, but yeah, Invincible, um, based upon the uh, the popular comic book, um, and uh, yeah yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna just be going through this episode by episode, kind of walking through what we took away from it you know I'll, I'll ask thomas about things this that and the other and we'll uh yeah we'll just take it from there yeah sounds good yeah so with that being said let's uh jump into the pilot episode which i don't know if it's called or anything but pilot i don't know if that's actually it's name. called it's about time from what i can see okay well that's good because it's yeah. that sums up how i would feel if i was my dad had superpowers and i was 17 with no superpowers yeah yeah that whole that whole thing starting off i mean it's it's of course an interesting interesting territory the idea of at first i was almost more intrigued by the concept of like okay so there's like this this super dad and he's like hey i'm i'm super dad i'm good at punch and i can fly and here is here is sun and sun does not do either thing very well um which you know is, is is kind of an interesting territory to to go through, but yeah, yeah, I, I liked. Yeah, I liked uh, the first episode. I liked that really until the last like five minutes. You think that you're just watching like a slice of life everyday show. It's like not. It's like oh yeah, dad like goes away and like you know has to save people from giant monsters and then comes back home and we didn't even watch the fight. We're just at home waiting for him to show up and you're kind of like um i don't know what this is but this isn't kind of really what was promised or what i was thinking it was going to be and then they've like it's been like good time like in that first episode getting you to know all the characters and trying to introduce that world which i because some shows will just rush through stuff uh and so yeah i mean basically the premise of that first episode is just uh mark grayson who this no name you know like couple friends guy who's not very popular at school uh, has a dad that's basically Superman. His name is Omni Man, and uh, Mark gets his powers finally uh, about halfway through the episode, and it's just about that and learning to adjust and having to you know being excited about getting powers. Basically, he hits puberty in the first episode, and then now his life has meaning. <laughs> yeah, that was, and I I just want to say like coming off the bat, I I was like. I was immediately, and I mean, obviously, if anybody hasn't watched the show and you are planning on it, do not listen to this podcast. <laughs> there are major spoilers. 
I cannot make that like I cannot be more upfront about that. Like super, super don't if you are interested in watching and you don't want things to be ruined for you. But the fact of the matter that that Nolan Omni Man is this like pure monster. Like it was very clear off the bat. Like down to like this the the he sounds like the Waterburger man. Like <laughs> the, 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 like even the voice actor. It, it's it's like. I don't know if that's just from my own personal life, but I was immediately distrusting when I saw a father figure that was like super like on it and like seemed cool and nice. And like, it's very clearly everything about his writing is to make him seem non-threatening and like nice. Um, that was that immediately I was getting some, some real douche chills off of Omni-Man from the beginning. I mean, it, it's interesting. I found the way that they are, like with the writing, his interactions with the the guardians of the earth is that is that guardians correct? Guardians of the globe. Guardians yes. of the globe. Um, his interactions with them at that first scene at the be- very the beginning, you get this this nice little uh, vignette between these two security guards at the the White House uh, talking about you know oh you know. It's hard being a being White House security now in this world where you know there's superheroes and someone might might melt your brain or you know this that or the other and then you know it, it goes in this this interestingly heartfelt story about one of the 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 guards' sons like getting back on his feet after you know being a troubled youth and like he's going off to to England to see Abbey Road because he's obsessed with the Beatles and I'm like okay this man is about to die like there's <laughs> this man is immediately going to be eviscerated there's no there's no reason like he doesn't even have a name this, this individual's <laughs> whole thing is just to make me feel sad um then the two large blue boys show up yeah the Mahler twins yes 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 these these twins show up and they're they're throwing all manner of of this that and the other all across the place, and then the guardians of the globes start to show up and kind of t- get things back together. And then you have Omni Man come in as well to help. And like the vibe between Omni Man and all of these superheroes is like the pits. Like it it is it is like so like oh this is. This is like, oh, you know, this is Carl's girlfriend's brother who kind of showed up and he's helping us, but he has like some weird political views kind of energy. Like it, it was, it was like, I don't know what it was. I and mean, it was very clear after seeing the end of it, what they were kind of trying to elicit or communicate. Um, I haven't seen enough of the show at this point to know if there's anything that kind of paints any light on that. But it was very clear for me very early on that the dynamic of this team was was heavily skewed um yeah i mean uh so you just say now uh so full disclosure i'm gonna do my best not to spoil anything for anybody out there but i've read this entire comic run before it ever was a tv show or anything so i will tell you everything you see does actually have uh meaning there are but they don't have any loose ends they actually close everything up nicely okay but uh it, but the real the way to kind of think of this is, is you have the Guardians of the Globe is the Justice League, and Omni Man is Superman. But Superman does not—he's not in the Justice League. Superman's like, no, I don't need you. I'm right. capable of doing all this by myself. So, like you said, the tension's more there because they're like, you have like the eight best heroes in the world, and then 
the one guy who's better than all of them who's like i i don't need help yeah like (laughs) he's there to help them they are not there to help him like they're on totally different fields of expertise yeah it's like uh you know bones you know he's uh he doesn't need any help from anybody else but they're gonna all need his help so and then uh yeah in my opinion like i agree with you like jk simmons is the voice of omni-man if that ever doesn't you know, make you feel like I'm suspect. I'm just a little curious. Was that J.K. Simmons? I didn't even it realize was. it. Yeah, that yeah. that tracks as to why I was immediately uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Like you were like, oh, I don't, I don't know what's going on. It's like, yeah, you don't know if he's gonna like slap you in the face for playing the drum screen correctly. Or gonna... I was thinking Whiplash exactly, Thomas. I was thinking Whiplash exactly. Yes. And so, uh, and then like his and his mom is, um, oh, I'm blanking on her name, Sandra O. Oh, uh, from Grey's Anatomy. She uh, plays Debbie Grayson and she does a good job with like being on top of her stuff. And then Mark Grayson is played by Stephen Young, who is Glenn from The Walking Dead. Uh, Very nice. didn't know who that yeah. name was. And uh, they do a really good job. You also have uh, in the Guardians of the Globe, I mean, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but like you don't really need to know who does their voices. So in uh, with Teen team who will show up later on in is episode one they show up i think so i think they show up in episode two i want to say okay okay well then yeah i will wait and save that till we go into episode two but they do a really good job of yeah like presenting it as uneasiness like if your dad's perfect or if omni-man's perfect why is there tension why is there like yeah like what's going on here yeah uh, yeah but like you say but he's perfect it's like there's no nothing you could do to doubt that or second guess that yeah i think that was from from a writing standpoint i think that the choice to kind of create this sense of unease that's not necessarily tied to anything that you can see like there's nothing going on that would that would lead you to believe there's anything to be worried about but it is just like this ever present, like in any scene, no matter what the, the context is, there is this underlying sense in the Grayson's house of something being amiss. And I find that fascinating from just kind of an atmospheric standpoint, but it's, it's visceral. Yeah, it's, it's, that's very much the case. And so basically uh, we also meet some people that uh, Mark goes to school with. There's this girl, Amber, who's like the coolest chick in school played by yeah. Zazie Beats from Atlanta and yeah, Deadpool. Cool. And she's awesome and does a great job. And then you have uh, Eve, who is uh, Gillian Jacobs from Community. Is that who that is? Man, I really is... need to look at the, the the voice talent on this. I had no you idea. You sure did, because that's, uh, that's, that's Britta. That's Britta for sure. Okay. And then um, I don't know who voices William, actually. I'm kind of terrible on that. But that's uh, Mark's best friend. Yeah. And then uh, there's like, yeah. A bunch of other smattering of kids but essentially mark goes to work uh within the first couple of days of us starting the show and he goes to throw trash outside and the trash bag he throws like into the stratosphere so we know that he has his powers and along with your lines about how like there's an uneasiness it's like he comes home and he tells his family like oh my god i got my powers finally i'm so happy and his mom is like thrilled and like oh that's so awesome I'm like but you know you still got homework and you can't be a big time and his dad just has like this look on his face, like, "Oh, this is not good." Like, "Oh man, like, what's?" And you're like, "Why is the why all the unease? Why the craziness?" And uh, yeah, that like 
plays exactly like you said with the the tension. And I, I do want to say about this. So there was another, the other thing that really tipped me off that something was amiss is when, uh, when Omni Man is going through like the history of his people and how you know they are these, this great, uh, magnanimous philanthropic group of aliens that they they are all powerful and they can fly and they can do all these things and they go around and help and you know you, you see these these shots it, it looks like the cover from like a, a late 80s sci-fi novel of all these smiling strong beautiful people lifting these large sci-fi con- containers and canisters into various positions like i was like okay immediately like this I, i'm calling it that do, don't neither confirm nor deny this, but I am calling it that this whole group of aliens are like wildly evil. Um, that they are they are super. It's super not on the level, and that they are there to like enslave and conquer. Like I'm, I'm not sure. Could be totally wrong. There could be somebody who's seen this and is like, oh no, you're you're real, you're a real Dumbo. But uh, that's my my personal take, and we will see through the course of time if that is accurate. But and that I is do- the benefit. Yeah. ladies and gentlemen, of why we waited just to like do it about halfway through. We did not want we wanted the predictions to be in there and be on the record. And I will ne- neither confirm nor deny any you know future questions. I can only confirm or deny things that have already transpired. Yeah, but I can't confirm anything in the future. Yeah, but I will say this though, uh, along with Kellum's thought. So basically, right to close out that episode is uh, all the guardians of the globe show up at the headquarters and they're all like hey what's going on like and then finally uh the batman ripoff shows up and they're like oh man you like you finally got here you called all of us together like what's going on and he's like me i didn't call anybody here and then they're all like admiral akbar it's a trap and then out of nowhere omni man shows up and you would think that this fight would be like really difficult and hard to pull off and like you know, really take its toll. On well, people. it was, I would say it was, but, but not in the way that I guess you would imagine. Yeah. I guess like in terms of like, yeah, if you have the eight strongest superheroes in the world versus the one strongest superhero in the world, you would think that it might like some people might live. It might be a, no, like Omni-Man gets hurt, but I mean, he annihilates and destroys every single person in the guardians of the globe. Like in different, banner speaking so you see they're like wonder woman they're aquaman they're flash they're martian manhunter like all of them just some people get eliminated quickly some people it's much more slow but it's, it's yeah that uh that that red red stripe or whatever the gentleman's name is my apologies yes. uh that that whole that was that was wild uh that was a that was a wild start to uh start to like the what i'm what this show is appearing to me at this point is it's essentially Spider-Man because there are so many things present from uh, your your average. And I'm sure there's somebody who's here like, oh, Invincible is nothing like Spider-Man. Invincible did this. Like, whatever. That may be so. You're entitled to your, your feelings about that. Uh, however, it was it's it is like the Spider-Man formula. It is boy have powers, boy have job boy have have lady friend and is trying to balance all of those things which is not i'm not saying that that's any kind of detraction it's just that that was like my immediate like gut like oh that's what this is so it essentially feels like 
Spider-Man, but like they just really were allowed to get loosey goosey with uh with with their their use of gore and just uh, a spray of viscera across your uh, your viewing screen of choice. Yes. Yeah. I like to like I mean that's the a great example. I like to liken it to like what would superheroes be like if they lived in this world but not the boys because the boys is like a little like what if all the superheroes like were alive in the world and they were all sexual predators that's not i have not seen the boys yet but that is like you have you've i feel like you've hit the nail on the head like i love me a carl urban but like he's the last predatory out of them and he still looks like somebody that I would not leave my child around. No offense to Carl Urban. I'm sure you're a wonderful individual. Yeah. The you boys, just seem crispy. The Boys is a good show, but like you say, like, and, and you can see, like, in the past, Carl Urban's character was a nicer person, but uh, at this point now, he's definitely not. Like, he, it's like he's Dexter. He wants to hurt people that are worse, but it doesn't mean that you want to, like, hey, hold my kid. And so. Uh, this show though is much more like I'm a good person, but like uh, generally speaking, let's say it's like, oh well, you're a super villain and you decided that I've beaten you, and you've said like the Joker would say to Batman or you know anybody else, like you better kill me now because I'm never gonna stop coming. I'm gonna keep coming after you, and I'm gonna hurt one of your family. Or I'm gonna hurt you. And he goes, okay, and takes that in for a second, and then he just you know rips his head clean off his body and says, well, I don't think if you're dead, you could come back and do anything. Like, yeah, that. That, yeah, yeah it's just essentially the man who is like, oh, like I've seen I've seen, like you said, Batman do a bad job with beating villains. And so I'm just going to kill these people that I have an issue with, which is yeah. still uh, unresolved at this point. My viewing what that issue was beyond just kind of a general dissatisfaction with yes. anybody who is not of the same race as I... Omni-Man. I would say that that thought is maybe not the worst thought because uh, you have nothing like further to go off of at this point. Yeah. So like that to me, like is you're using critical thinking correctly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So with that being said, I would, uh, so let's move on to episode two, which essentially is uh, Mark get, if I remember correctly, Mark gets his uh, costume. He decides to make his name be invincible and then he uh, basically goes out to try to help save some people. And the first time he goes out there, these aliens called the Flaxians uh, come through a time portal to invade their planet. And he thinks like, oh, man, I'll just show up and stop these guys real quick and it'll be OK. And he gets his ass handed to him worse than most superheroes on their first day ever do. Like, he really is literally on the brink of death. And yes. a new, new group of superheroes, a team team. Also, you could think of them as the Teen Titans. Like, and, and you know that that was just like come up with like they were sitting around and they were like, y'all, we need a team. And the dumbest one was just like, we'll be the team team. Like, it's, yes. I just, it's, it's a bad name. It's Basically, a bad name. In the way that the comics, uh, they do a better job of explaining it than the show does. The show makes it seem like this is the best option. It's not in the comic. Uh, the guardians of the globe have been killed. Well, they covered such a large portion of the world that all the other best superheroes have to go pick up the slack in other places. <laughs> so okay. Like, so basically it's like, okay, well, these guys are headquartered like in schools and stuff around the area. So they're in America, at least a lot of the like 
Nightwings or like the young, younger superheroes who uh-huh. aren't who are still adults, like people that are in their twenties and right. stuff. They're now like off in other parts of the world trying to help out because you know uh, the Guardians of the Globe were actually from all different parts of the world. So yeah. You know, the per- there's nobody covering Russia now. There's nobody covering India and Africa. So they have to send the people over there. And that's why the team team gets called in. It's not, be- it's really for lack of a better choice. They just don't have anything else. They're, they're close. And yeah. the team team is comprised of uh, four people. Uh, that would be Adam Eve, who, spoilers, is uh, Eve from Mark's High School. She has does nothing to even try to hide who she is. There's no mask. There's no nothing. Her hair yeah. color is the same. I don't know how people don't realize that she's... Yeah. Yeah, but I don't... Yeah. This, But that's neither here nor there. Then he, There's also uh, Jason Madzukis, Rafi from The League. He plays oh, yeah. uh, Splode. Basically, he just plays himself. I don't know how better to describe that. Yeah, he, every single Jason Madzukis character that has ever been is just... It's just him kind of yelling at you. And the craziest thing is when like he was cast and like he does and you're just like, dude, that's literally how Rex like I read him in the comics. So that's actually perfect casting. Yeah, that's great. And uh, then you also have Robot, who is a robot. I mean, that's what it says on Tim, like literally robot. And uh, that is played by Zachary Quinto or Spock from the new Star Trek series or Siler from Heroes. Oh, man. Yeah. I told you this casting is solid. And then you have uh, Multicate who uh i don't know who does her voice i'm sorry i don't i didn't look that up but i'm just gonna say she does a good job she hurt but like they're a little solid team and they show up and they help out uh and they've saved mark from getting murdered and basically they you know drive the plaxians back uh they figure out they can you know they age differently in our time than in their time so they flee and uh, mark's in the hospital now trying to recover you know, his dad shows up, his dad's in the hospital, but now his dad's miraculously recovered while Mark's still, like, really not. And uh, <clears throat> now, all of a sudden, Damien Darkblood shows up. That's a demon from hell who's Sherlock Holmes. And he's telling him, you know, solve the crime of the Guardians of the Globe murder, adding more tension and craziness in the mix. Gotta love a Damien Darkblood, too. Like, very, very good, very good character. I mean, it, he seems like he's from a different show. Like it, it really, seems yes. like there was like some strange in the the adjacent universe to ours where they have like a good Constantine television show. This is the character removed completely whole cloth from that. It feels like, yeah. That he, I mean uh, that in the best ways possible. Very good, very yeah. good character. Kellum uh, speaks to him. He, he talks differently than everybody else. He like acts different, mannerisms, everything. It's it's very much. Uh, outside the norm of this show. Um, you also get to meet the, you know, head of like the secret military government superhero stuff. And that would be Cecil. Ah, uh, yes. And that he is played by Walton Goggins, who is off justified. And um, otherwise a big character actor. I don't know how many people would know him from other stuff, but he has that face that once you see it, you go, oh, that guy. Okay. Oh, oh um, that guy. He's in Hateful Eight. He plays uh, the racist younger guy. Another film Eight. I have not seen. Well, that, I'm sorry I didn't help you. Yeah. Um, and then he has a uh, backup guy named Bob, who I don't know who plays Bob. I'm sorry, but he's just like comic relief kind of. Yeah. Is the best way to describe it. He's like a less good Agent Coulson. 
Exactly. That's a great, that's a perfect, perfect description. Yeah. Uh, more bland Colson. And then uh, Mark's recovering. Things are going, you know, and basically the Flaxians come back and they want to fight again. This time they have uh, equipment that doesn't prevent the friends from aging. And so team team are back on the beat and they're getting their butts beat. And then finally, uh, robot figures out that he can just, you know, break the ro- uh, bracelets on their wrists and then they can all age and they'll flee again. So they do that. And I know what you're thinking. Why wouldn't Omni-Man just go take care of this problem really quick and immediately? Well, he feels that he doesn't have to do that. That's not his job. He thinks his job is to stay at the hospital and watch his son who almost died for the save these foolish you know, people on Earth who didn't deserve it. And, which is uh, which is fair to an extent, but it kind of it's, it's interesting you see these little glimpses and kind of the the uh, imperfections in the facade that Nolan is putting forward of this like oh I'm here to protect the whole world I'm here to to do the most good and like I I'm a big picture guy and then there's literally a uh, an army invading from another dimension who is going to, who could very well destroy the planet. And he's like, nah, it's like, don't, I, I don't have time for it. Which like, to be, to his credit, like it was understandable. You know, his, his son went on his first superhero mission and now he's all, he's all beefed up in the hospital. Um, but, um, but it's, it's, it's interesting that you start to see that there is kind of, there, there's some discrepancies there. I yeah. do, I do like um, with the flax scenes, this kind of, so you see them, you have them all kind of wither and die at kind of the height of their primary invasion. Uh, mm-hmm. At first, my instinct was, oh, like they're going to do, it's like a, it's like a war of the worlds. Like, okay, they, they, oh, they couldn't account for the biological makeup of our, of our world. And the air made them all sick and die. Um, but I do like kind of turning it towards, this this idea of them them coming back because they essentially come back like once every like two or three days and yes. it's been decades yeah, and decades yeah, and you see yeah. this this one this one scar faced individual who keeps coming back and invincible will you know bash him into oblivion and he, he'll find some way to be and then he'll come back and he'll have okay well since you since you got me with chest punch very good i have now this anti-chest punch chest on um and it, it's a whole it's a whole thing it's 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 good i, I like uh i like what they did with that it was a it was an interesting progression um i agree yeah, yeah i think that like you say it's like not world of the worlds like even when we were watching that's like most people i think felt, felt that way and it's like no they're just the world they come from, time it acts differently. So here yeah. on our planet, they age much rapidly and so or much more rapidly. So that was a very intelligent way to move about that. And uh, with your Nolan thing, I agree. That's a great point. Like it is, it's like you see the cracks for the facade, but you also can't blame him. Like if you're a dad and your kid gets hurt, like or near death and is in the hospital, you're not gonna go do your job. You're like somebody like, hey man, like we gotta go get this lumber moved, or hey man, like people are so, like I don't care about that stuff. Like that's not important. Like fuck those people. And so him thinking that in terms of you know I don't care about my his job is saving the world. He's like I don't care about my job right now. I care about my kids. So you're like I understand from the dad perspective, but from the your Omni Man perspective, that's very selfish and not a cool thing. So it's like you say you're like I understand, but it's I'm still hesitant. And so. uh 
Yeah, so basically team team figure out how to stop them from being able to like control their aging on our planet. And then <clears throat> we got back and now uh Mark's mom Debbie is trying to like have uh Omni Man, Nolan, go and actually help if that happens again. She's trying to convince him to actually do his job and stop being a mopey, you know, bastard. And so the third time that the Flaxians come back and they have like figured out all the stuff and they're like, we're going to win no matter what. Like we, nothing can stop us. And they're uh, literally about to kill everybody on the team team. The man decides, okay, fine. I'll actually show up and I'll help out. And so he, you know, basically just destroys all the Flaxians. Absolutely wipes the floor with them. In like the span of 30 seconds and makes the rest of everybody else look like they were nothing and they shouldn't even been out there trying. And then, as he does that, the the guy Kellum just mentioned, the general who was coming back with like the adapted stuff who survived that first attack way back in the day. He's trying to flee through back through his home, and he's telling everybody, "Stay and fight! Like, let's not leave." So Omni Man like grabs him by the throat and takes him through the portal. Portal closes, and you think, "Okay, well, that was weird." Now Omni Man's like trapped in this other dimension, and it'll be hard for him to get back. Uh, and so basically, you see uh mark and his mom uh are kind of like so worried like oh man like is he gonna be okay is this gonna what's gonna happen his mom's like no he'd be fine because uh him being teleported to another dimension is a tuesday you know like that call me when something else happens and so that uh then his dad shows up for dinner maybe 30 minutes late and it's no big deal but they do cut back and show you what he did to get back home from this other planet. And this is like Kellum says, where you're like, hold on, what what's the truth? Because he essentially is just standing in front of like the entire like civilization of the Flaxians. You know, like in um in Thor Ragnarok mm-hmm. when uh, Hela is standing in front of all of the Asgardians and she's yeah. telling them who she is. Think that exact scene. And he's like, I don't know who told you what or what you think this is, but Earth is not yours to conquer. And then he literally obliterates an entire planet in about the span of, I don't know, four seconds. Like, yeah. he takes out wholesale every, slaughter. Every building, every machine, every satellite, every human, every uh, kills everybody. And then at the very end, you see him, he's holding like an island or a rock the size of Hawaii above like six or eight scientists who are frantically trying to like figure something out so that way they don't get crushed and they figure it out and they open the portals and back to his planet and he says like cool thanks and just goes through his portal and drops the rock and kills them anyway and blows the whole planet up and you're like i don't know if omni man or superman if that's like the thing you should usually do which makes you really question or wonder like what's going on here yeah yeah it's like it's like some some red kryptonite uh superman stuff there um i did find one thing that i found really interesting with that scene is and again this is this is me just kind of spitballing here but the choice of the words that omni man uses when he comes through he says earth is not your planet to conquer definitely like it immediately stuck out to me um i'm just gonna hold off hold off on anything more with that but like it stuck out to me as like that's an interesting choice of words for this character um yes yes but definitely but yeah definitely weirder yeah um and so like i can't remember exactly if this part happens that i'm about to say happens in episode two or if it's in three but i'm using it to transition either way so we'll talk about this so basically um the 
team team because there's nobody else around or able to help out essentially gets to become the new guardians of the globe and robot is going to be their leader because nolan refuses to do it and mark is a little bitch so robot's going to do it and they recruit a whole bunch of new people you get a whole new team come together and that's all great they move in your new team comprises of everybody from the original team team except adam eve because she walked in on Rexplode having like a foursome with Multiclate. Uh, yeah, which like you had to see it coming. Like, yeah. I mean, come on. It's like, that. yeah, you're playing this like this is a surprise. But I, I really forgot to bring it up because it was like that. Yeah. Much, like, yeah. Telegraphed. Rex clearly sucks. And, you know, it's 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 yeah. And so she leaves the team. So it's the, it's the, everybody else. There's a new person called named Monster Girl, who is a 24 year old woman who de-ages every time she transforms into her giant monster self. You have the Shrinking Ray, which is just a person who can shrink like Ant Man. That's the, I mean that's just the easiest way to think of it. And um, I'm forgetting. Oh yeah, Black Samson, who used to be on the original Guardians of the Globe. But he got shot with a tranquilizer dart like Mystique in X-Men 3, The Last Stand. He lost all his powers. Yeah, I got like major kind of Yondu energy from him as well. Kind of like how Yondu is originally in the Guardians of the Galaxy. He's like part of the first team. And then you have the MCU version of Yondu who has like, you know, it's it's years on. And he's, he's kind of this grisly grizzly chap kind of a fall from grace there um yeah yeah that's that's kind of what i was picking up there it's i mean the whole the monster girl thing great i i love her as a character she 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 fucks rex clean up uh which is which is like spectacular um very i mean it's it's also very clear that that robot has a huge thing for uh, for Monster Girl, who does not seem to be like a cool person, like on a personal level, but whatever, you know that that's that's Just her personal, own thing to yeah. deal with. Um, but yeah. uh, but there's definitely you start to see some kind of some uh, ghosts in the machine, as it were, with relation to uh, to robot and. Uh, yeah, the, the a, a little little look behind the faceplate, um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's. Yes, I like I like all the new characters that they introduce. I think that they're it's done yeah very well that you have this new team and you see that they're like trying to train and they're struggling to get together. Um, also, while this is happening, uh, Mark is trying to train with his dad and learn how to be a superhero and what to do while simultaneously also trying to figure out if he wants to go on dates with Amber or if he's trying to, you know, see what's going on with that. Yeah. And, uh, I can't remember is episode three, the date or is that four? I think that episode, the date with Amber. Um, so I think that episode three is the date because episode four is, yeah, it's a different thing. I want to say it's episode three. Okay, I could be wrong. Could so be yeah, wrong. they basically they go on a date. It's cool. Um, you just get to see Mark be a human being and try to impress Amber, and, but be like a dork about it and stuff. Like, kind of just takes us everybody back to like when they were younger and they were like awkward. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was. Can I saw also like that? 
the visceral like oh my god these people are all like so stupid like kind of like not not, not like not like anything like oh these characters are written but like that's not what i mean at all but like just the idea of i think it's been a long time since i've watched like a teen-centric television show and i'm like oh god this is what teens are like and what at one point i thought in my human brain and yeah. it's it's dumb <laughs> like, like the thoughts they're having are dumb again well written it's it's an accurate portrayal of the human experience but it's just like that was what was kept hitting me through all of these these awkward scenes was wow remember what how dumb you were when you were like 17 yeah, yeah. Dude, I, it's like yeah you're like oh i remember not saying these stupid jokes but similar ones and yeah i'm like how okay cool yeah and so I, I think that it does a really good job of balancing back and forth back and forth so while this is happening um God, I really hope I'm not skipping the fourth episode with this part. But basically, the Mahler twins that we saw in episode one uh, are locked in prison. And they ha- are given help to escape. And you don't necessarily know initially who's helping them or what's going on or why. And I don't know if where we're at yet. If, uh, I'm not is. sure if that's three or four. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember which one that is. So we're just going to we're just gonna start blending. So we got the basic... Yeah um story plot lines down we're just in like the the base of the characters right right we're gonna uh migrate into just talking about the show kind of generally i would say yeah so uh to give the one other character who i have not introduced yet who is gonna matter not necessarily right now but there is a scene where uh nolan's recovering in the hospital this is so this would have been episode two or something like that and uh before mark gets hurt by the flaxians and he's like oh there's something coming in outer space and you gotta go fight this weird one-eyed cyclops looking alien thing uh but he's like oh let's beat him up he's not he's harmless so beat him up and send him back and it'll be fine so essentially uh mark goes out to space and has to fight this guy and the alien is named alan the alien great he, name great he name. is great alien. played by played by seth rogan yeah so big out Al- big alan stands it's like he is probably one of the greatest people that you'll ever see in this show but he uh shows up and he's telling mark they're fighting and he's like are you using your timeout and he's like timeout the fuck are you talking about timeout like so then you know mark tells him like oh well you know i live here on earth and he's like earth you mean that's a weird way to spell it like it's urath and he's like um no he's like yeah urath you are a-t-h urath that's your planet he's like no i live on earth e-a-r-t-h and he's like oh I'm sorry about that, dude. That's my fuck up. I'll go ahead and leave. Uh, but you were pretty funny. If I don't get fired, I'll come back and kick it with you. So that's all you get for right now. But that he, that will matter later. Because uh, you wouldn't cast Seth Rogen to be a character for... Yeah, literally 30 yeah. seconds. It's <laughs> not what you do. So yeah. um, so that's going on. You know, the Guardians of the Globe, the new ones, team team. It's hard to call them the Guardians of the Globe. But they're essentially uh, trying to just figure things out. You get them training a lot. Trying to... Uh, you know, solve minor issues, fight minor people while the Mahler twins have broken out. Um, I don't know how far we've progressed, but essentially the Mahler twins uh, have a benefactor who's trying to get them to do something for him. Kellum, do you know where this is going? Because I don't want to spoil it for you. So what I have, I I know, so I know who their benefactor is. Um, Okay, good. That's yeah. And like, yeah, so they, they get out of bus out of jail and there's this clear thing with the Mahler twins that, you know, there's they're always saying, Oh, I'm the original, though you're the copy, I'm the original, you're the copy. There's this, this whole thing kind of going back and forth. And so at the end of their their escape, 
Um, they burst out of this hatch onto the surface, and there is a, a laser turret that pops up right next to them. And so one of the Muller twins grabs his brother and throws him in front of it, and it blasts him, and then he, he uses it him as a shield all the way to the turret, and it just completely like liquefies his brother essentially, and and he destroys the turret. And he's like, okay, I'll just I'll just grow another one, which is apparently a thing that he can do. He just builds a new a new brother. Um, yes. Yeah. So basically, to um, minor spoiler, but I don't they don't go into it in the show. It's just like you kind of figure it out. Is that there's actually only one Mauler person. What he does or ha- figured out is how to clone himself completely 100% perfectly so he cloned himself and now there's two of them so now they're the twins and that's the thing is since you cloned them perfectly they don't know which one is the one that got cloned and which one's the one that got yeah they so they're like, both they both have the exact same memories they are they are identical like one for one recreations of the other so there is no like that cut and dry thing i mean yes like you can see which one it is but Uh, there's kind of like some levels of philosophy that that are in in answering that question but um so yeah so basically like uh like kellum says so they they break out and uh they have a benefactor somebody who obviously helped them murder multiple guards to get out of prison uh and so you're thinking like oh like who is helping him is it omni-man maybe like what's going on and no for some weird random reason it's robot i don't know like, yes, and and you see prior to this in a moment that uh, that robot is trying to grow some sort of body, um, and you know you can you can have there there are some ideas of, of what this body could be for um, that that one might postulate, but the, that he is growing this body and that he wants that I is this happening. This is. I think this happens like at the end of of episode four, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, maybe yeah, it might yeah. be. Uh, but yeah, you see like a, a tube of that. Like I don't know what you call that thing. A cryo- yeah, it's like a like a pod of some yeah. sort. Yeah, that has like I don't know how to describe it. That's the baby from a racer head. I don't know how to describe mm. it. Like. Mm. That might be the closest Bad. thing yeah. Uh, inside of it. And so you're kind of like, okay. And so now, not only does the show thrown you in terms of what's going on with Nolan and with Damian Darkblood uh-huh. and him like, trying to tell people like, okay, well, I have done investigations and I can tell you with 100% certainty that there was nobody in the headquarters except the Guardians and Omni-Man. So I don't know. It's like, he's like, I'm not saying anything. I'm just telling you what's going on. But we all witnessed what happened. So we know that he's telling the truth, even though nobody wants to believe him. And so we know that Nolan is lying about something for some reason. Now we know Robot's lying about something for some reason. So you're really not sure if who's a bad guy, who's doing what, what's going on. Like, I think they do a really good job of confusing you throughout the show. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, there's kind of the energy throughout the show of like the the two things that I was constantly met with was in this this first one was more at the beginning of the show. The idea, like, anytime there was like a, a good character, like, oh, this seems sweet, but, like something horrible was inevitably about to happen to that person. Um, but now, what's what's starting to be more of it is that anytime you meet a character that seems cool, it's 
oh, but they're also actually kind of uh, a psychotic evildoer. Um, there's there seems to kind of be this a lot of this show seems to deal largely in shades of gray. Like it, it's it views heroic feats kind of through that lens while still like you know you see your characters that very clearly are, are trying to be paragons of you know virtue and goodness and, and purity that that seems to be the overall to, i mean very similar to your your watchmen your anything like that this idea that was of exactly kind of like going. like the the greek and roman gods like these are these are entities that are you know almost divine in in strength and 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 potency and yet are victim to human foibles um yeah it's it's uh it's a kind of a constant thing so yeah the the thing with robots definitely uh definitely adds into that as well um but during this time uh mark let's just say i think i believe and gosh i am going to take notes for the next the last couple of episodes (laughs) because i am I am so certain that we have gotten at least five things like just just all higgledy piggledy just mixed up, yeah, yeah. Um, but that that Mark. So there is a a NASA mission to oh yes, this might be episode three. This actually. is episode four. Four. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. and I can yeah. help with this. I want you to talk about the episode and your theories, and I will just tell you what the things are called or what's going on, like into yeah. the context, because. I don't want to overspoil because this plot line actually, like, as you will know, because you saw the episode, Kellum, this plot yeah. line will come back. It's not like it's over. Right. Yeah. And and we we also missed a little in episode three of, you know, there's there's a man with earthquake bracelets. Yes. And he just yes. he just really gets all wild. And he's kind of there's a lot of Dr. Ivo Robotnik energy coming off of this this individual. But. Yeah, we he, at any he's, rate. I like I want to bring him up. I'm glad you brought him up because he has a great name. His name is Doc Seismic. Yeah. He uh he literally just has he's a doctor who created like these wrist guards that like can control uh seismic waves and like ship tectonic plates and basically he can just create earthquakes wherever he wants. And I'm like he's doctor of branding, that's what he is. That's that's uh that is yeah. primo, primo. But yeah, he's also like giving himself concussions every time he does it. So he's yeah. insane. Um he's uh but yeah, yeah, so he that was that was a very brief, like, hey, right. my villain, let me just take care of him real quick. Yeah. Um, so so in episode four, you have Mark is asked by the super agency that, okay, we're sending a crewed mis- mission to Mars. Um, we really need a win right now because the Guardians of the Globe have, have been taken down. And, you know, there's all this, this uncertainty with the human race. And we, we really need a win. So we're going to send them to Mars. And they originally asked Omni-Man, like, hey, will you essentially babysit them? And he's like, no, go fuck yourself. I don't do that. I'm here for for big picture things. I I defend the Earth from armadas and meteors and things like that, um, unless my son is sick. Uh, But but, so he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. So Mark is like, well, let me do it. And which, of course, you know, his dad's like, no, don't do that. But he he wants to do it, and Cecil's on board with it, so he uh, he sends him out there. And also at this time, he is trying to. So he's 
been establishing a relationship with Amber. And he's like, all right, look, like I got to go for two weeks. Uh, I got to, you know, it's, it's a tree. He tells her it's like, a, it's like a mission trip, essentially. Like he's going to Africa or something and, and he's doing, he's doing a thing there. Um, it, it's kind of the, the energy. Uh, and what is the name of, of Omni man's race? I want to say like, it's, it's like, it is. I, hold on, hold on. I have it because uh, I've read this comic so many times. Give me a second. They are the Viltrumites. Viltrumites. I keep wanting to say Vitharn, which is from Oblivion. Um, but like, <laughs> it, okay. So yeah, the, Vilt- say it one more from, time. They're from the planet Viltrum. Viltrumites. Viltrumites. Okay. Viltrumites. So so yeah, Mark is Mark, which I I do think is a nice touch. Like it. it Thomas right. and I were, were, were touching briefly upon this before we started podcasting. There's a lot of changes that have been made to the the from the source material to the show, um, which I think, not having read the comic, uh, I think are nice that they. So the the comic is largely a story about white folk, um, and that they have intentionally added in like Amber is a, an African American woman, um, uh, Mark his mother is Asian um there there is some and i I do like that that attempted representation there um but but yeah Yeah, um, so also uh rexplode is no longer like an obnoxious white person now he's like an obnoxious middle eastern person he's 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 an obnoxious something person yeah i don't Um, don't want to hold him but he's he's not white he's darker than everybody else so yeah yeah. um so they also gender switch you know like a lot of the people so now in the new guardians of the globe yeah the new guardians of the globe uh everybody is like you know equal equal steven steven but in the comics uh only multicate and monster girl are the only two girls in the new guardians of the globe but they gender swapped shrinking ray made uh him a girl because they were like dude why would there be more women present so they were like let's do that like yeah yeah, uh, good move, good move. But yes, like like Kellen was saying, they uh they did make some smart choices in updating certain things and like getting rid of some stereotypes or I would say some like maybe male not male gaze per se, but like whatever it would be called when like uh like men refrigerate women or like you know damsel in distress like they yeah, yeah there is agency. There is an attempt to make actual make the female characters into actual characters rather than kind of props and set pieces, which is nice. Uh, how yeah, effective I mean, they are at that, we we will see as the show goes on. But that I do appreciate the effort to do that. Hey, yeah, the the attempt is the first step, and then let us critique whether you do it well or not. Right, but don't, right, right. That doesn't mean that you get to not do it if it doesn't go well. Right. Um. All that being said. So Mark tells Amber, hey, I'm going to be gone for two weeks. I got to do this thing. Catch you later. Uh, so he follows the spaceship up. He just kind of hangs out on on the space shuttle. And I'm like, I have so many questions about that two weeks, that two week time that he spends on the, the ship. Like, this is... Can, does he just go to? Does he just do bathroom in his suit? Like I don't understand. I don't understand exactly. what's happening because it wasn't like he had like a special like. No, this is the bathroom suit that you wear when you're on. Because it takes two weeks to get to Mars. What do they wear on your when you're on your two week sojourn to Mars? Um, and there's no there's no explanation. He has apparently 
a sandwich that yeah. he that is that, frozen so, that he eats. I have a lot of questions for, for his survivability. In the, in the comics, it is explained much simpler. So the funny line they use in the show is he, like when he first asks his dad, like, oh, how am I still fight this guy in space? Like, how do I breathe in space? And his dad's like, oh, that's the funny thing. You just don't. Yep. Like, and so basically in the comic during the Mars thing, he's like, that's what he freaks out. He's like, oh, wait, how am I going to go to the bathroom? How am I going to eat? How am I going to do this? And dad goes, Mark, you're a Viltrumite. You just do that shit because you're stupid and you want to and you're human. You don't have to do any of that stuff. So he, like basically when oh. he goes to so a Viltrumite still has to eat, still has to go to the bathroom, still has to do these things, but they can hold it and like be fine for much longer periods than like you would think. Okay. Okay. So basically he's like, So I just have to not eat for two weeks and his dad's like, When I was on Viltrum, we didn't eat for six months at a time at a certain point. And there's like, What? Like so it's not it's not a thing for him. Okay. Also, also, they don't point it out at any point in the show. So that's really annoying because I knew that and I was like, okay, but I was like, there's no nobody else knows that. He also doesn't have to wear the helmet because he can just hold his breath for months if he wants to. Like he doesn't need to have a helmet on. Like interesting. But I mean, I guess I could imagine, you know, he's been breathing for 18 years. It's probably uncomfortable to yeah. not do so because he's uh like you said he didn't have his powers until yeah. episode one so he was and he's for, also half viltrumite he's, he's listen, yeah yeah for all intents and purposes he was pure human until uh he got his powers right you know what I mean? right so right so um so yes he he spends two weeks on the ship they land on mars the astronauts disembark they're going and doing their thing He's like, oh, I'm going to take a little nap for a little while. And then he does so. And then he gets up and looks behind him. And there's been a, a large crowd of, of people or something that have come through. There's footprints everywhere. Falls the footprints to a hatch in the ground. Lifts up the hatch. Throws it up. And there are these kind of uh, uh, strange um, tentacled uh, suction cupped brain looking things that shoot out of this hatch attach himself to him and he's like ah and just takes him off uh and he goes down uh and, and and follows this corridor and it is uh he he comes across the 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 martian race which is the one of the the guardians of the globe uh martian man who is was an exile from these people um, so which he, by the way uh like to kellen's earlier point about stupidity like they said it's like he's like uh, Mark, we should go with them and accompany them so that way the Martians don't hurt them or kill them when they get to Mars. And he's like, what? They're Martians? And he's like, where do you think Martian Man came from? And he's like, yeah. oh. Like, yeah. that's, that's the level of stupid we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, he's 18. I mean, we're all dumb. But um, but but yes. Uh, so he, he goes and he finds that the Martians have captured all of the astronauts and they're holding them there. And he goes, yo... I'm been I'm invincible. I am a Viltrumite. I'm not a human. Um, I'm here to protect them. Like, can we just can we go? And like he's like, whoa, well, what you 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 weren't uh, you didn't have any issues with the what what are they called? Do you, do you remember what these? they are called? Sequids. Say that one more time. Sequids. S e q u i d s. Sequids. Sequids. So. Oh, you don't have any any issues with the sequids? And he was like, nah, nah, not, not really. He's like, um, they were just kind of gross, but no. So there, you've come to find out that these sequids are kind of like a parasitic race that has infested Mars 
and they are they have like a hive mind and as long as they are not inhabiting an individual because they they they're again they're a parasite yeah as long as they're not wrapped around and like utilizing this individual controlling them they are essentially inert other than they will try and attach to people but the moment that they find a host the entire like mass the collective of these entities will all band together utilizing this the higher functions of this host Mm -hmm. in order to wreak devastation and the martians think of it as um these beings are parasites like callum says but they're essentially like bees or ants or you know anything but much more dangerous and deadly but without a queen and they're looking for any being that is of higher intelligence that they can then latch onto and then use that intelligence to then control themselves and basically whoever whatever sequid is the one that gets attached instantly becomes the like the queen the leader and then they like venom kind of think in a sense maybe um not exactly that way but similar and so like kellum said the martians they're shapeshifters so the sequids can't connect to them right and viltrumites are too strong they're like like mark the thing attaches to his face and stuff but like when it tries to shoot its stuff like down mark's body or like in his bloodstream it, his skin's too strong to pierce it so he just rips them off and it's like that was stupid um but human beings don't have that luxury so nope. that's the main reason why the martians are trying to prevent this yeah, they they're essentially like you know if you if you guys were to leave and one of them was were to get infected like it'd be all over like that that's that's the neighborhood, um it, like the, the Mars would go down and Earth would go down quickly afterward, mm-hmm. uh, and so he's like okay so you're not gonna let him go all right so he essentially just decides to break these astronauts out. They they're running from the Martians. The Martians are shooting. It's a whole it's a whole thing. They they run out of the complex underground. They run up to the ship. Mark picks up the ship and like flies up into the air to try and dodge the the blast. He's still getting hit uh, because they while, while while yes he Mark is you know a Viltrumite he's a superhero all these things they're still like an army. Uh, armed with like advanced measures and you know they're they're not pushovers Mm -hmm. so he he flies up the ship eventually you know gets going and takes off and 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 leaves the the planet and then of course you know horror movie style lo and behold the the astronauts are all sitting in there and it's like i was a crazy guy isn't that right steve yeah yeah george is super great and then you see george's friggin' flag morph for a second and come back and then his eyes do a weird thing and it's like okay he got caught um and so uh, it remains to be seen how that's going to affect things but i would imagine in a not great way yes uh i I think yeah i think maybe episode six seven something like that you see a little bit more full complexity of this is not get revealed itself yeah um, and then, if you wouldn't mind, because that would take us up through four, what's what's five? What's the last one? So five is the episode called That Actually Hurt. Um, this uh, begins with, so in the, in the very first episode, when Mark first gets his powers, he's like going out and he's like, ah, I'm going to rough up some hooligans that are trying to cause trouble. And he comes across this guy, what's this man's name? What is his, his, his Which tank? One? 
or the the rock. Oh, man. Titan. 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 His name is Titan. Yes. So he's like a guy. I mean, he's like a guy. Like he's like a human man, but he's Think covered Colossus. in rock. Think yeah. Colossus, but yes. it's like hard rock instead of metal. Yeah, yeah. It's like he has like a layer of rock that's over his body that can be damaged and will fall away, but like it, it's still like he and he's all like like a large like built individual. Um, and so we we begin we we've got this this guy Titan and he's involved in the criminal underworld and he's working for uh his, his for boss m- robot mach- machine head machine, head, machine yeah. head uh he's working for this guy machine head and he, you know he brings in this money that he's got for him he's like all right you know that's it i'm out and he's like oh you know of course you know tale as old as time he's like oh, i don't think so you're too good to to be out and plus i know you know i know where your family lives and all of this stuff like you'll never get out from under me um, so it's it's basically locked into to being this dude's lackey forever. And you know, he's got like a wife and he's got a kid and they're rather impoverished and it's, it's it's a whole it's a whole sad story for our man Titan here. And so Titan eventually crosses paths with with Mark. And I don't how is it that they cross paths? Uh he's basically he's doing something like they're they're robbing a bank or they're doing and he's like and Mark comes across them and it's like, hey man. You can't do that. Oh no, no, no! Not no, the no, first one. I mean, no, in this episode, this one, it Mar- Invincible's flying, and he like painted Invincible on yes. the roof of a building or something. Yes, he has it. So he has Invincible come down, and he's essentially like, "Look, man, you're you're the, you stop you you're, you fight villains, right? Like my boss is the worst villain of them all. Like he is. You don't understand. Like you you've got aliens and all that stuff, but you don't understand." The evil is being perpetrated upon the 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 city, the 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 working class folk of the city. And lo and behold, like this guy is a, essentially like a an underworld kingpin. Um, he is has all these kind of racketeering schemes. He has bought up blocks of the slums that he is purposefully leaves like terrible and shitty. People live in them, but they're they're terrible, and then he like burns them down on purpose to collect the insurance money. He is supplying drugs to the area. He's He is making this place absolutely horrible to live in. And he's like, look, man, I need your help to get rid of this guy. And so Invincible, you know, wanting to be a paragon of virtue, just like your old dad, is like, okay, I'm going to help. And he he goes home and he, he, tells, he tells Nolan about this. So like, this is what's happening. I want to help. Nolan's like, absolutely not. Do not do this. This is a this is small potatoes. This is like you dealing with a with a crime boss. Like that is not that's not what we're for. We're for yeah. planetary threats. We are not for personal threats. Um, and he there's this whole thing. They, they they get into a fight at the table, and there is also also this whole time. It's also very important. We're we're missing a, a major part of the story. So so Mark's mother this whole time is kind of experiencing she's seeing her husband nolan kind of going through some stuff because his whole team is killed and they're trying to find out like the, you've, you've got the you've got dark blood trying to figure out what's going on he very clearly is like oh it's nolan like he knows oh it is Nolan. like this this is the guy this is the only one that could have done it. it's nolan and who Damien Darkblood at this point has been sent back to hell because Cecil also knows that oh this is, is very clearly Omni Man is doing this, um, and which is why they wanted him to take the mission to Mars to get him off planet and do some investigation of this. So 
they she she is figuring out as well because she has found Damien Darkblood's notebook that oh it like my husband did these things like my husband is lying to me my husband is not the person that I think he is so she is going through all this stuff with him and it kind of boils over in this moment and you're talking like you know what's wrong with you like what's all this stuff and of course Nolan in a, in a very you know oh seemingly open way describes these difficulties that he's having like he's he's scared for mart he doesn't want him to make mistakes he he's worried that you know that people will take advantage of heroes and he doesn't want him to find that he's tried to help some that he's helped somebody who's ultimately going to hurt him and they kind of leave it at that um but but at this point in the story yeah at this point in the story like it's like she knows what's up like she knows that her husband killed all these people and she's kind of in like a moral torpor trying to figure out what to do here um but so he begins mark begins trying to help uh titan he he he's like you know we're gonna do this um so they go in they've they've got this whole plan that he has uh he's he's has an assistant that will kind of teleport him away that okay we're gonna we're gonna get rid of him we're gonna have him go off with 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 a with a, a sex worker in the area that he frequents and, and do that thing. And while that's happening, we'll bust in there and we'll do that. So they bust into machine heads office and machine head is pretty unperturbed. And he's like, Oh yeah, I knew this was going to happen. Like, and, and then his, his sidekick pops back in and is like, yeah, I knew this was going to happen. And yeah, he's hired. He's, it bugs me too, because that happens. And you're like, the teleporter could have been with the sex worker and teleported back at any minute. Like, I, yeah, that's a, that's the a thing too. Is it's like, it's not really. It's a bad plan. Uh, but 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 that being said, so he's hired this group of mercenaries to eviscerate Titan and Invincible, and they do a pretty good job. Uh, there is there's a I don't remember all there's there's a big flame man. There so is, basically. You have, if I remember correctly, I know for a fact that the giant, like, lion is named Battle Beast. Yeah. Then uh, the dude with, like, the claw thing from his chest, I can't remember his name. The flame guy, also can't remember. And the fourth one, who's the fourth one? It's not Isotope. I can't remember who it is. No. Either way, Battle Beast basically is the only one that matters, because all the other three don't really matter. Yeah. Battle Beast destroys titan and invincible like like bad yeah it's bad it's 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 like it's like oh like invincible is gonna die and then team team bust through the wall like we're here to save the day not so much like (laughs) they monster girl goes in there and tries to do her thing and gets absolutely obliterated by battle beast um and then black samson tries to help out to no avail like he he gets sorely fucked up uh like it, it is a it is a bat like everyone is getting annihilated by this dude um and then and then so essentially just to give you minor context so battle beast makes a slight offhand comment like are you guys gonna show up you're gonna like give me a challenge you can do something and essentially after battle beast beats monster girl near to death then beats black samson near to death then he starts fighting Invincible because Invincible's now like, you're killing my friends. This is actually messed up. I gotta really lay out. And Battle Beast uh, just destroys Invincible. And then yeah. he has this giant, like, mace. This, like, ridiculous, like, spiked, heavy metal club. Yeah. 
and he gets he straddles invincible and like overhead smashes him in the chest. And I mean like rips his entire chest cavity clean open. Yeah, it's like, bad. It's horrible. And then it's like, is anybody else want to fight? And everybody's down and kind of hurt. And he just goes, well, now I'm bored. This was stupid. This is a waste of my time. Basically kind of having the Nolan uh, outlook on things. Yeah. And he just leaves. He's just like, I'm out. Leaves. Yep. And then, like, once he's gone, well, now everybody else can kind of do their thing and Titan can take over. Uh, but yeah, like, frankly, if it wasn't for Battle Beast getting bored, it would have that would have been over. Like, yeah. he would have single-handedly beat everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then, so, after everyone, like, the the superhero agency, whatever, comes in, uh, and they they get everyone out of there. They get everyone, you know, they're rushing them off to, to med- seek medical attention. And then, lo and behold, you you see the heel turn of Titan. He that he is going to now be the new the new machine head essentially that he's moving into machine head's home. He is he's going to he's going what, to what sucks not in terms of it's a great story. It's like you felt bad for him because this whole time you really kind of believed oh his daughter and his wife and they're trying to get out. Yeah. And then after Machine Head's out and you're like, oh okay. Then he takes his daughter and his wife to like Machine Head's pet house or whatever. And she's like, oh, what's this place? And he's like, well, this is where the bad guy used to live. And she's like, do we get to live here now, Daddy? And he's like, hell yeah. And she's like, oh, sweet. And you're like, what? Like, yeah. Like, he's, the daughter stuff wasn't a lie about, like, oh, man, my daughter's yeah. out. You know, but it's like, but he, yeah, he just, like you said, took over. <laughs> it was essentially exactly what Omni Man was worried was going to happen, did happen. Like, it was it was verbatim what he thought would happen, that he was going to help this guy, and it was going to turn out that he was crooked, and that by helping him, he was actually causing a lot of problems. So, again, it's that theme of the shades of gray in, in this show, this idea that no one is... No one is one thing. No one is good. No one is evil. Each character is made up of many different layers like they're they're it's a very human show in that sense um and i mean again it, it always kind of takes me back to this idea of, of greek mythology with with that it's it's i mean all of these shows that are that that do that i, I think in many ways draw inspiration from that because that is as the core of what's what's a display, on display there um but but yeah that you know so, and, and that's how it ends that <laughs> That he's he's gonna be the new bad guy, mm-hmm. and uh, we're just gonna have to see we're just gonna have to see how that goes. And so before we move on, because that, that was the last episode you watched, right? Yeah. Let's let's get some predictions. I mean, obviously we know that Invincible is not dead. The show wouldn't be called Invincible, and he dies in episode six. So, like, what do you think happens though with the rest of the show? We're going. I mean. My thoughts with the rest of the show is it's likely going to be, I, I don't think that we're going to get any real payoff with, with Titan this season is my kind of impulse. Um, maybe, but if, if so, I don't think it's going to be like, there's so many kind of balls in the air at this point. You've got, you've got the, 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 the sequids, you've got this thing with Titan and you've got the, the kind of penultimate issue with, with, with Omni-Man. Um, and I think that what they're doing is they're kind of laying work for obviously laying work for for subsequent seasons. Um, my, I think that coming up in the next three over the next three episodes, we will see 
there is going to be something that breaks with 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 the Omni Man situation because that very clearly is the most pressing story here. Um, that there is likely going that's going to come to a head. We're going to figure out what's going on there. I would imagine that there's going to be some kind of fall from grace with that. That that this whole kind of this picture perfect facade that has been trying to and thrown over uh nolan's character is going to fall away and that there is going to be a lot of fallout with that uh, but beyond that i honestly don't know the one thing i will say for the show is that while a lot of these things are not like thinking wildly outside of the box as a, it relates to kind of uh story tropes with this form of media um I haven't really, I like, I it hasn't been something that I know what's about to happen every time. Like there has been a lot of times, like I didn't see the the turn with Titan happening. It's not that it was like an unforeseeable thing, but I just didn't see it happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I am eager to see where it goes from here. Well, yeah, I can't confirm or deny anything, yeah. but like I, yeah, I'm very excited for us to keep talking about this, and yeah. then when it comes back. At some point, yeah, we'll keep talking about it then too. It'll be great. Yeah, um, yeah. So, with that being said, I hope you guys really enjoyed our little half wrap up of Invincible. That we'll get the rest of it to uh, to the rest of it next week. Make sure to come back and listen to us for the next episode. Maybe we'll have a name by then. Who knows? Yeah, um, so- but uh, I have been Kellum, and this is Thomas, and. We are very happy to have you all with us as we go through these shows. Um, I don't have anything else to plug for you at this moment, but uh, I, uh, I do. I'll plug something. Yeah. Plug so, away. Uh, two things I'd like to plug. The first thing, um, and this will also help Kellen plug his other stuff too, because he's plugging. But I, uh, if you do enjoy this, if you would like a more um, aggressive podcast to listen to, uh, me and my brothers do a podcast uh, called Stimson Ain't Easy that is uh, available on Spotify and Google Podcasts. It is mostly, I'm not going to lie to you, we talk about a lot of sports, we talk about a lot of movies, a lot of TV, a lot of music. Some recent topics have been best rappers from the 90s, best rap albums, best cartoon theme songs. We're all over the place. Check us out. And the second thing I'd like to say and plug, this is June. So, I want to say two things to you. The first thing would be, please go get vaccinated if you haven't done that yet. Yes, please, for the love of God, get your shots. That's very important. And I, I know that some of you might be hesitant or thinking that might be silly. And I want you to understand that you are being silly by not getting the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So, please go out and do that. Mm-hmm. And the second thing I want to say is that it is uh, Pride Month. So, I want to say that we support and recognize all people and all you know uh orientations or you know feelings or beliefs or anything of that nature i might be a straight you know black male in texas but that does not mean that i don't still support all of my lgbtqia plus i don't know all the things i I support all of you do your thing don't be you know don't feel oppressed you know i have love for you and you know every month is your month just like every month is black history month let's not make it only June. Yeah. So that's the plug. Yeah, so. and I, I'll, I'll second that as a as an asexual person. Uh, I I am I want to encourage everyone, you know, get out there. Pride is it, it's we didn't really get to do it last year, but you know, this is our year, y'all. 
let's uh let's say uh, keep the cops out uh 1312 uh all cops are bastards um and uh drink water god drink water out there it is so hot i know it's i know it's fun but like jesus please drink <laughs> drink water is so important um but everyone you know celebrate pride safely keep doing your thing and we will see you guys back here next time